always a treat to bring in our man Dave McMenamin. Does a great job as an NBA reporter for ESPN. Also does a great job covering the Lakers. Terrific follow on Twitter at MC10. He joins me, Freddie Coleman, and Jonathan Hood. In for Ian Fitzsimmons on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. As I, as I, as I say this, 100 page of protocols for Orlando with the NBA restart happening next month, Dave McMenamin. What do you say? You know, it reminds me of the great American philosopher, Mike Tyson. And he said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the, in the mouth. And that's what I feel like this is going on with the NBA right here, where there is a plan and there is many contingencies and they had many bright minds tackling any type of scenario they could come up with. But until the league is faced, with the reality of a player or a batch of players or a team or something even more pervasive, um, you know, a a significant percentage of the league coming down with the coronavirus, the the plan is is kind of irrelevant um, because they are already speaking in terms of we expect there to be positive tests. Well, when the positive tests occur, is everyone to stay calm and cool and want to move forward with it? Uh, or will they decide that, okay, this is, um, this is more dire than we had planned for? Dave, before the league stopped, what stood out most about LeBron and Anthony Davis leading the Lakers? And Jonathan, I think it was this easy chemistry that their games lended each other to. Uh, you know, the spacing, for instance, they're occupying different places on the floor where they can be most effective. Uh, the really selfless nature of Anthony Davis, where, you know, the thing that gets him the most fired up is the team's defensive performance not living up to what they should be. It's, he's never complained about touches. He's never complaining about, you know, what his scoring average looks like. I complain about minutes. I mean, what gets Anthony Davis fired up is, is the team looking lackadaisical on defense. And quite frankly, that had been such a pleasant surprise to LeBron's resurgence season, not just coming back from a groin injury, not just doing something that we're going to talk about when his career is all over years from now and look back that hey remember when LeBron was 35 in year 17 and he changed positions to point guard and led the league in assists like that was crazy uh but the maybe more beneficial partnership is the fact that LeBron's defense was significantly better than any regular season defense I'd seen LeBron play in the last five years and and that's a, a big testament not only to LeBron's work to get his body right after the groin injury, but wanting to fulfill the desires of Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis requires that of his teammates. So it was an easy partnership. It was two guys who got the Lakers playing their best basketball of the season in mid-March when everything came to a halt, and two guys who you know, have been working behind the scenes to keep their team motivated uh, in the three-month layoff uh, to, so that they can hopefully pick up uh, on some level where they left off. Dave McMenamin, NBA reporter for ESPN, joining Freddie Coleman and Jonathan Hood on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio and Sirius X and Channel 80. We know that a lot of the conversation, and especially when it comes to LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, 
who's going to be there in Orlando, who's not going to be there in Orlando. Kyrie Irving, he said his piece. Dwight Howard, he said his piece. Avery Bradley, he said his piece. But what sense do you get from any player or coach that you've talked to about the list of people that could not play compared to the list of people, including superstars, that are going to play next month? Yeah, I... I don't think there's any really comparison between two in terms of percentages. I think you'll, you will see the vast majority of uh, the, the players on those 22 teams that are being invited to Orlando, Orlando to participate. Uh, there will be players that won't go for, for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, you've already seen players like LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Kelly Oubre elected to have surgery. Um, on things that, that maybe in a, in a regular season that didn't have this hiatus, that didn't have the relocation, they would have fought through and scheduled that in the offseason. Um, but by having taken care of these injuries, they are removing themselves from all the uncertainty involved with that bubble. Uh, you're also going to see teams have the ability to designate a player as protected. And this is along the same lines we were just getting at. This is a, a team can decide that, you know what, you are going to be a risk to yourself to go down there, maybe because of a pre-existing condition. And there's going to be an independent panel that will, you know, if, if a player says, you know, I don't agree with that, I don't want to be protected, I want to go play despite you trying to, to keep me out of there, well, that, once that independent panel makes their determination, they have 72 hours to review all, all the information, that's final, binding, and unappealable. Um, and so that could keep some people out. And then finally, of course, uh, you know, the, this player coalition that we've heard about Kyrie Irving and Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, et cetera, that could keep some players out as well because they just don't feel like it's an appropriate time to be going to play basketball to entertain the masses as a black man when uh, it, it's so clear the injustice that's facing black and brown people in this country. Um, but if you add up all three of those scenarios I just presented to you, I, I still think it's going to be a, a relatively small percentage, and you, you will get a fair representation of, of what NBA basketball is about in Orlando, um, and thus it will legitimize whatever playoff scenario that they have, where whoever wins, uh, barring, of course, uh, some, some spread of COVID-19 that we all hope doesn't happen, but whoever wins should be a legitimate NBA champion. Dave, what's uh, Kyrie Irving like? I mean, his his uh, thoughts trying to go full Vince McMahon, trying to start his own league is just uh, a little <laughs> bit odd. That's something that I don't think any of us ex- expected. What, what's Kyrie Irving like? He just seems like he's beats to a different drummer. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it, Jonathan. I, I covered him for three seasons, day in, day out. And, you know, there were days where I felt like, okay, we, um, we're making a connection here. You know, I, I talked to him about how – I, I played pickup basketball with his father in the summertime at a, at a, a fantasy camp. And, you know, we had a really nice conversation. You know, we'd talk about, you know, his experience with ACC basketball. I went to Syracuse. He went to Duke. And, you know, and then there were other days where, you know, there's not all that much media around. We're in some city around the country, Utah or whatever. And, and you're asking a question. I feel like you're pulling teeth. And it's not even a difficult question to answer. It's not like, a, you know, a gotcha question or it's not even a negative question. Um, he's he's just he's unlike pretty much 99% of the guys I've ever covered in this league, and um, he's a free thinker. I mean, you've already said he already said years ago uh, uh, where he would like to 
perhaps retire early and take his money and, and, you know, buy a plot of land somewhere and kind of have his own community um, and be removed from society as we know it. Uh, That kind of jives with the same idea. I was like, I'm going to go take my basketball and go find a gym somewhere and start my own league. It's the same type of parallel thinking being, you know, expressing that, the way things are currently structured for him, he feels like there's a better way. Um, and, and that's the emotion that, you know, I think I, I can connect to, uh, you know, and, and sometimes like, I think this is how progress gets made. You need someone to be extreme uh, perhaps and, and push ideas as far as they can go. And then someone perhaps follow after that and, and, say, okay, here's these ideas and I'm going to add like the practical sense to it. And, you know, you kind of split in the middle and that you actually did make progress towards where those extreme ideas were headed. And that's where I feel like Avery Bradley, and I don't, I've only covered him for one season so far, but I think Avery Bradley being someone on the player coalition alongside Kyrie provides perhaps a more, um, you know, even keel approach to getting what they ultimately want, which is better treatment of black people in this country. Dave McMenamin, NBA reporter for ESPN, also covers the Lakers with Freddie Coleman and Jonathan Hood on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. We've heard from Kyrie Irving, and he's been strong with his voice. Dwight Howard tonight released this statement. Many of our fellow players are afraid to voice their concerns and are continuing to follow along with what they believe they have to, end quote. But yet the one guy we haven't heard from in terms of either on social media or with his voice has been LeBron James. Why has that been the case, in your opinion? Well, you know, I, I think because, one, um, before Memorial Day happened, he was strident in putting his opinion out there that resuming the NBA season would be important to him. And um, he even went so far as when there was a report out there from um, – CNBC's Jabari Young saying that there are some executives and agents out there that want to cancel the season. LeBron was all over that saying, you know, no one I'm speaking to wants to cancel anything. As soon as things, uh, you know, get more uh, safe in this country and we develop a plan, let's go play. Um, But since Memorial Day, you know, his focus has shifted to using his platform to shed light on the inequity and, and just the horrific uh, circumstances facing his people in this country. And that's, you know, he didn't release a statement about more than a vote that he's putting together, but he certainly had people he worked with work with media so that we could get the story out there and explain to people what the goal of that is. Uh, and, uh, he's continued, you know, for a guy with 66 million Instagram followers, um, you know, you recognize just how many people that can reach. And when he decides to share an image of the Minneapolis police officer kneeling on George Floyd's neck, neck spliced directly beside Colin Kaepernick kneeling, um, that might not be LeBron speaking into a camera, but that's saying just as much, if not more, um, by choosing his platform to share that image, to try to burn into people's head just how 
messed up these times are. And, um, you know, quite frankly, you know, the the people within the Lakers organization, they know he's committed to playing basketball. Um, I don't think he really owes the public a statement about playing basketball at this this time. Dave, uh, the plan of 22 teams versus 16, I always thought that, starting off with the playoffs, just in case there's another rise of this COVID-19 was a smarter idea. It seems as though that um, Silver in the NBA wants to have a little bit more star power. Which side do you fall on? More teams or the 16 teams that would be available for the playoffs? I, you know, I, I think this plan was trying to do as, as much as they could to appease a lot of cooks in the kitchen while also building in this 88-game ramp up to the playoffs, which will recoup a bunch of money that would have been lost. And so I don't want to be counting other people's wallets, but if you made health your number one priority, while also, you know, priority 1A being crowning a legitimate champion, it should only have been 16 teams. It's, it's ridiculous that they would elongate the process by adding six more teams and you know, perhaps they're responsible to add all those extra bodies uh, down there because every single person could be the carrier carrier that spreads it throughout the rest of the campus. And so um, I, I understand why they did it, um, but, you know, I, I hope that it'll prove worth it in the end to expand it to 22 versus 16 and, and, and nothing, you know, nothing happens where, where anybody – health is affected uh, in the pursuit of more money if you get a chance give him a shout give him a follow on twitter he's terrific at mc10 does a great job as an nba reporter for espn as well as covering the lakers a pleasure having our brother dave McMenamin joining freddie coleman and jonathan hood part of freddie and fitzsimmons on espn radio dave always a pleasure you keep it the great work we'll holler at you soon yes sir thanks fellas